What's up, y'all? Welcome into the Wiregrass High School Football Report brought to you by the radio people. This is your weekly look at all things high school football and the Wiregrass. I am your host, Philip Jordan, the in-studio host and producer for Dothan Woods Football on I-6.9. The legend, and you heard it right, your weekly look at high school football and the Wiregrass. The Wiregrass High School Football Report is back to being weekly through the season. We're in August now. It means football season is closed, so we're here with you. Over here, the radio people with the Wiregrass High School Football Report, we're taking you through the entire season until the last team is standing in the Wiregrass when it comes to the playoffs. Last year, hey, we went all the way to state championship because Abbeville made it to state. Last year, I was hoping we can get a team in the Wiregrass, several teams maybe, playing for a state championship this year. Uh, remember, you can follow me on social media, at SEC. The podcast is on Apple Podcasts. You can also listen to it over on the 95.5 WTVY, 96.9 The Legend, and WKMX.com. You can check out the apps, or you can go on the website. Podcast is there as well. And please make sure to check out Dothan Wolves Football. Jerry Coleman, Ken Lambert, and myself returning for a third year to bring you all the action every Friday night on 96.9 The Legend. Everybody joining me today on the Wiregrass High School Football Report is Josh Boutwell, friend of the program for the last, now this is season three. Uh, you catch, of course, you can check him over at the Southeast Sun and Enterprise where he is the sports editor. And uh, Josh, uh, when we start doing one of these, we know football season is upon us, so I do appreciate you you coming on and uh, talking and getting ready for the high school football season. Yeah, best time of the year. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a whole lot nicer than last year because I know you've got to cover some seven on sevens, which you didn't get to do last 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 summer because they weren't having them. Yeah, it was good to finally see a little competition going on. Uh, anytime you can be out there and, and you get to the seven on sevens and the OTAs and all that stuff, it starts to finally feel like okay, we're getting close. Yeah, it, it did feel like last year the build up was kind of it was just different. You didn't have that same build up to the season. It was like boom, the games are here almost. Yeah, it felt like, honestly, last year I was just kind of waiting for that the other foot to drop, really. Like, the season's going to get canceled. Um, and even though we're still kind of going upwards with the COVID cases right now, it doesn't feel like we're waiting for everything to get canceled again. Yeah, and, you know, I asked this all I want to start off with before we kind of jumped into a couple. And we're going to talk about Enterprise, Delville, and New Brighton, some teams you guys cover over there at the Southeast Sun. But first up, you had a great opportunity here recently. It's a two-part series. I read part one. Part two is yet to come out. But you got the opportunity to talk to Wilbur Jackson. I know that's an interview you had said on social media that you had uh, wanted to do for a long time. And uh, that that's a lot. That was a, really a, a cool time sitting down with him. Oh, yeah, without question. I've done a lot of interviews in the last several years that I really wanted to do. But this was one of those where it was kind of a bucket list for me growing up um, – my dad obviously was a, a huge Alabama fan, and um, Wilbur Jackson was his favorite player. So I just heard story after story over Wilbur Jackson and what he meant not just to the, the black kids in this area, but to really kids in this area in general. Because you hear this kid from 20, 30 miles down the street, he's out there playing Alabama and a star. It really meant a lot to a lot of people around here. So just getting a chance to talk to him was really cool. He's a, he's a great guy, cool guy. Um, my dad is obviously a, a lot of people that follow me know that he he's had a lot of health issues lately. My family has, and um, he uh, he sent a, a personal message for me to give to my dad, which really meant a lot too to him. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And I know you were telling me off air that like he uh, Wilbur Jackson, yeah, you get him talking. Uh, he had a lot. He had a lot to say. Oh, without question. Um, 
he just he loves football. He loves the area. Obviously, he said you know he's a hometown boy, and he never uh, he never even thought about ever living anywhere else. No matter whether he was on the Forty ers or the Washington Redskins or Alabama or anywhere else, that Ozark was his home, and he he really could talk about Bear Bryant and Alabama and all his teammates all day if you let him. Yeah, I, and obviously I want everybody to go check out the article over Southeast Sun, and I'll post a link uh, in the description of the podcast uh, for everybody to go check that out. But one of the funny things in there was the fact is that his mom didn't want to play in football because she's already getting hurt. He plays basketball and gets hurt, then, okay, she's okay with it because I guess he can get hurt in anything. But then made his dad sign the papers, not her, so it was on him if he got hurt. Yeah, that was one of the funnier stories. You know, he said that uh, – she wanted to have that backup for if he did get hurt, he could bl- she could blame his dad for it. But when he started playing really well, I was like, hey, that's my boy out there. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was kind of cool that he got recruited by Pat Dye. You know, a lot of people maybe forget that Pat Dye was an assistant coach for Bear Bryant. So that, you know, that was a cool part in there too. And then the fact is that he only played like, what, 14 games and he moved positions. And, you know, there's a bunch of, there's just a lot of cool stuff in there. And that was, uh, for me, for, were some of the highlights. Yeah, without question, I, I did. I had never even heard this story about him only playing just a handful of games when uh, he actually got recruited by Alabama. And also the fact that um, one of the cooler stories I talked, uh, I asked him about it, um, was his number eighty at Alabama. That was one of those things that kind of stood out. And um, obviously, it was because he got recruited to Alabama as a receiver, and it just stuck. Yeah, you know, and it's, the fact is, you know, it's, I thought I thought about it as I was reading it too. If we today, if we had somebody get recruited today and they had that few games that they had played there were so many people saying well is he ready and then you see what wilbur jackson did you know one national championship had a great career at alabama uh, has the record for average yards per carry at 7.2 and then an eight-year nfl career so i mean and then that's a successful run because the nfl careers aren't long and the fact that he played eight years in the nfl super bowl champion too as well i mean tremendous football career i mean i mean i just can't imagine just how many stories he has Oh yeah, it was countless. Um, he just, you know, you're trying to write a story like that. You can't use everything, which is unfortunate. But uh, he had countless. And when you talk about his legacy, like you said, yeah. Now, if there's a kid even as fast as he was, as big as he was, probably wouldn't get recruited just because we kind of overanalyze everything now. And sometimes, you know, players to play. And uh, and when you look back on his legacy and the fact that all these years later he still is the all-time yards per carry leader to Alabama that's definitely something to be proud of yeah most definitely when you see uh you know obviously all the running backs coming through there now I mean you I looked at that and I saw wow he still holds that record of course being a top 10 pick uh finished his high school days at Carroll High uh and I do his yardage in the NFL he ran for over uh 3,852 yards 13 touchdowns overall of course I said uh he has a Super Bowl on his on his resume uh with the washington now the washington football team i almost called them what they used to be named and then uh, of course his, i think his best year looking just statistical wise was 1977 with the 49ers he ran for 780 and seven touchdowns but uh of course we're looking forward to this upcoming season in high school football here and i want to start with enterprise 7a region 2 i mean and just going into year three under Coach Darlington, and I know there's a lot, there's some guys that want to replace. I've read some of your articles that, you know, he's talked about this being a very young team in certain parts of the roster. Uh, but going into year three, you went five and six year one in 2019. Last year went seven and four. Very competitive in all those losses. 
Uh, there's a lot of really good teams that Enterprise almost beat and some good teams that they did beat. So just what's your overall thoughts on the Enterprise program team going into year three under Coach Dollarson? I think the big thing right now is um, the precedent set. You know, their expectations are set. They know what the what's uh, expected of them. They've been in this – most of the players have been in this uh, system for three years now. And I think for everyone there, it's, it's right now get deeper in the playoffs without question that that's the goal right now. And um, obviously, like you said, I mean, just looking at it, you know, losing, you know, more than 2,000 yards – um, and more than 30 touchdowns between just Josh McCray and Jared Smith, who are both now playing D1 college football, that's going to be really, really tough to lose. Um, defensively, also leading, lead, losing your uh, top three tacklers, that's a big deal. But I think, with especially with the speed when you look at this team, that, that's the big thing in the last three years that I think has been really, really improved is the, is the speed, and they just keep getting faster and faster. I know. And I, I was reading some stuff to you. You know, you talked to Coach Dollarson or some quotes from him. He, uh, the defenses should be young, but it looks like he's very eager and excited about the defensive front. Yeah, if you talk to anybody uh, around the Enterprise right now, defense is something they're really excited about. It's not just the defensive front. The defensive front is the leaders for sure because they're the older guys. But when you look around how young the secondary is and the linebackers, but also how talented they are, there's obviously going to be a lot of mistakes when it comes with that youth. But, man, you got like guys like Keon Dunlap at uh, safety and Eric Winters at safety. Um, they've, they're really young, like I said, but they've been making plays all summer, and uh, they expect big things out of the defense. And I think defense has kind of been the Achilles heel really the last like six years. Last year the run defense was – was a big deal. There was a lot of injuries on that line, but um, when you look at the line now, I think the line is going to be one of the one of the keys for this defense. Yeah, of course. You know, you look at the playmakers too with this team coming in. I mean, you got quarterback uh, Quentin Hayes who made a lot of big plays last year for him, and uh, if I'm correct if I'm wrong, has got an offer from Navy on the table right now. Then, of course, you got Michael Johnson at running back. He's really cool here. He's a junior. 820 yards away from the enterprise records. I mean, those are a couple of guys on offense, too. I mean, everybody can be looked at our familiar names, but uh, obviously playmakers for this enterprise team. Yeah, those guys are really going to be the ones that you're going to have to rely on this year. Um, Hugh Quinez, he's coming off of a, an ankle injury during spring that um, he's really just now starting to get back from. So, yeah, he's probably going to be a little slow out the gate but I think like you said already an offer from Navy and I think you're probably going to see a lot more offers not just in football but for basketball with him um, And but trying to find that weapon in the receiving game is going to be really big for the offense because I think one of the, the things last year that really set Enterprise apart from a lot of other teams in 7-8 was just how multiple they were not just go out there in the single wing not just going out there in the spread not just going out there in the eye triple option whatever there's so many different things they want to do on offense and um he's going to be kind of where it starts Quentin Hayes is and then looking for that receiver that can make those plays that Josh McCray and Jared Smith were able to down the field but like you said MJ uh, Michael Johnson um he's had a great career so far and I think we're only going to see more from him he's been making a ton of plays in the summer and in the spring he did too and you got backs like Zaire Board and a freshman and uh, Mari Griffin that have really made a lot of plays 
in the um, in the spring and in the summer too, running back. So I think I think they're going to be okay. You know what I mean? The offensive line is going to be strong too. They got some big boys up front that I think I don't think you really worry about the the offense with a Rick Darlington team because you know that's his that's his baby. The offense is his baby. Yeah, and in the spring game they played against Early County, one forty-two to thirteen. I know that both teams were you know without players in that game, uh, but still rolling up the the offense, especially on the ground with a three eighty-five. I mean that's that's that single wing offense, and they went completely into that because he didn't even have quarterback there, and then obviously he talked about receivers. So yeah, I mean what we've seen from Enterprise, it feels like you know just from what I've read, what we've seen the last couple of years with them under Coach Donaldson. Expect to see a, a lot of yardage, especially on the run, on the running side. Uh, no question. And I mean, when you look at what they did last year, I think uh, I'm trying to remember. I think it was tied for for uh, third in the state in seven A in terms of scoring offense. I think it was 36 points per game or something like that. I mean, they're going to score points. You just got the defense has got to be kind of the thing that that really improves this year to take that next step. You know, looking at the schedule, open up. You got two games against Florida teams, but they open up with uh, Bay Panama City. You got Carl Montgomery, but I think I said this last year when we talked about this. The Dothan game seems key for both for both schools because this is once again a stacked region that they're seven A region two. So, so that rivalry game is just going to be huge, I think, early in the season because I, I mean Dothan's look trying to rebound from uh, not a, a disappointing year last season, and then of course. You know, enterprise trying to capitalize, keep going what they had going last year. But both teams look like they're going to have some youth. You know, trying to figure some stuff out. So that that game on September third is going to be huge, I think, for the region. You know, potentially down the road if you want to get to the playoffs. Yeah, in this region, like every game means something, and when you want to start and kind of set the tone with a big win in the region, because like, I mean, when you look around. There's really not a game there that you can pencil in. Like, okay, we're, we got this one. You know, Prattville's great. Auburn's great. Central's great. Dothan's going to be better. You know, Jeff Davis is going to be better. So, I mean, it's it's going to be a war. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be interesting on their side of it. And, uh, I, you know, um, like I said, that game, September 3rd, is way off. But Central Phoenix City, I mean, I remember that was a game last year with them. They hung right there with Central Phoenix City. I believe this was the game that happened, but just turnovers. Turnovers are what got them in that one. Had they not turned the ball over or only had a few turnovers that didn't happen, they probably could have won that one. I mean, like I said, in a Prattville, Auburn, I mean, none of these teams overwhelmed Enterprise. I mean, they were right there with them. And we're looking at an Auburn team that they were so close to a state championship. So, I mean, this Enterprise program, they're right there with the best in the state. Yeah, I said last year that I felt like the Auburn game was kind of you know the the statement made for them last year that hey you know, Enterprise is back and I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. A couple other teams in your in your coverage area there and uh, both are three A region two and I want to start off with New Broughton. Uh, they're going into third year with head coach Zach Holmes. Of course, 2019 five and six made the playoffs last year one and seven. But and you correct me if I'm wrong, they had some starts and stops and it was just a a tough awkward year you know for them. Kind of couldn't get any momentum. Going uh, going into year three, this team has a lot of veterans, uh, 19 juniors, a lot of juniors and seniors that it appears like Coach Holmes is going to be leaning on. Without question, I think if you look around this area, I don't know if anybody had had it as bad as Nebraska did last year in terms of going into quarantine, having a game canceled, having a game moved. It was just it was a nightmare 
I mean, I think in the end it was only like eight games they were able to get through. But, yeah, um, Caden Cup's coming back as a senior, as a, um, a four-year starter. Um, probably going to shatter every every record in the in the book. Last year he had the, um, the total yardage record and in eight games. And, you know, to, to, when you look at the numbers, I think he had like 800 yards rushing, 800 yards passing in eight games. That's pretty unreal. Um, but they have a lot of weapons all around on offense with Jordan Tacey, with – uh, Jamarcus Brown. They have another, a couple of kids, uh, younger kids like Matt Smith, and they have a, a really solid offensive line, big offensive line in some spots, and on defense too. A lot of veterans coming back, and Caden Cup also. Um, this hasn't really been talked about, uh, talked about as much, but he's going to be one of the leaders on the defense this year, playing safety. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting years for these guys. I know they're super hungry right now. Watching them at the OTAs and seven on seven, they're real hungry to get back out there right now. Yeah, and their spring game against Ferrell, uh, Caden Cup, 152 yards, and just kind of reading a story, of course, over on the Southeast Sun. A lot of those were not designed runs. It was actually uh, pass calls that he just took. He just put the ball down and took it himself. Yeah, he definitely trusts his uh, legs, and it's that's really interesting because in his uh, first probably his first two years, he was a good runner, but you could tell he wasn't comfortable running. And in the last two years, he's really, really gotten more comfortable running and uh, making plays with his legs, and it makes him a dangerous quarterback. And then you mentioned the seven-on-seven tournament uh, that they had a while back. Providence, Elba, Chipley, Highland Homes, GW Long, and Ayrton were there. Of course, of course, New Brockton. And you know, just overall with these seven-on-seven tournaments, has anything or seven-on-seven drills or any of the stuff with seven-on-seven has anything really just stuck out with you with any you know New Brockton the one they had or just any of them? Yeah, it's, it's real hard when you go to these 7-on-7s seven and OTAs because obviously in Alabama, you can't put on pads until you get to, uh, get to fall camp. Um, the big thing, and I always hear coaches about it, say talk about this, the big thing is just those guys being able to, to, to have some competition, to compete with each other. Um, speed is also something that stood out, especially when I'm looking at New Brockton. Um, Delville, looking at them, um, They've kind of been, every single time they've gotten better that I've gone out there and watched. And with them as young as they are, that's really big. And uh, that, their coach, Will Garner, has talked about that. They just want to get better every time they go out. And that's been something that stood out a lot. You know, looking at the new Broughton schedule, I mean, they open up with Cottonwood, they go to Georgiana, then they get into region play with Op. Coach uh, Mike DeBose coaching over there at Op now. Uh, then you got at Delville, Whitsburg, at WS Neal, at Slocum, Northside Methodist, who I think was impressive in their first year in Alabama High School Athletic Association play. And then uh, Providence Christian and at Houston Academy. So you hear that schedule. Does anything stick out to you? It's tough. <laughs> That's the big thing. Um, Providence, I think, is probably going to have a really good year this year, at least just from what I've seen from them so far. Um, I think I think Providence may be one of the teams to be. Slocum's going to be really good, too. they got a lot of skill out, skill players out there. So, now, you mentioned Delville a little bit. You know, you said they look better in their 7-on-7. Seven seven. You know, they've gotten better in each one. Of course, they're coming into the year. Brand-new head coach, Coach Will Garner. A team went 1-9 last year after a playoff appearance the year before. And just, uh, you know, me and you have actually exchanged some messages about, you know, the the new excitement there at Delville under head coach Will Garner. Yeah, they have a, a young coach and a very excited and a very excitable coach that he keeps these guys fired up. And also, 
they've had more players out already this year than they have in the last couple of years, which is a big thing that they've really been wanting to try to emphasize, getting more bodies out there. Um, and I think really the excitement level has been something that really stands out too. Um, especially coming off of such a frustrating year last year, not wanting to be down, especially as young as they are, not wanting to get these guys down. I don't think that's something you're going to have to worry about. Yeah, you know, a little bit for people out there. Now, where he last three years as an assistant at Charles Henderson High School in Troy, last two years as a defense coordinator, also served as middle school head coach. So he does have some head coaching experience and also strength and conditioning coach. So that's always intriguing, too, that he was a strength and conditioning coach. So you obviously know this team is going to be focused on what goes on in the weight room as well. Yeah, I think every time I've gone over there in the last couple of uh, months, every time I've gone over there, they've been in the weight room. So that's definitely been a point of emphasis for those guys and uh some more stuff on uh on coach garner served as defense line coach at northview under uh, josh Parrish. so obviously he's familiar with the wiregrass area and, and it just everything it seen when you hear like us to talk about with him it's it's you know re not excitement get people excited about this you know talk about the weight room so it's just you know and that's big because too if you get a whole community really excited around a team like that i think that does wonders for the for the kids out there on the field yeah i, I agree with that wholeheartedly you know especially with a place like Daleville that does have some rich football tradition and the community has always been really proud of the team and really hungry for it and i think we saw that a couple of years ago when Jalen White had his amazing season. Um, I think they want to get back to that. They want to get back to definitely more than anything else being competitive. Yeah, without a doubt. And so his defensive pedigree, like that, at Charles Henderson, is going to be that's going to be fun checking out what what goes on with Delville. And you know, kind of like I did with the other teams, looking at their schedule. Open up with Elba. I mean, Elba's always a good program. Uh, Dale County. At Houston Academy, New Brockton, they go to Op. Uh, at GW Long, at Whitsburg, Slocum, at Northside Methodist for them, and then Providence. So uh, that's a that's a pretty good schedule too. And like I asked you there with New Brockton, anything sticks out to you on that one? Yeah, just before I go into that, another thing that I've seen in the seven on sevens I wanted to point out was Elba and how good they look right now. They've got some beasts on, especially on the defensive side with uh, Call uh, Chris Alcallwell. Um, but for Delville, I think really that New Brodnick game is going to be a tone setter for them. Um, you got two teams in our area that are really trying to bounce back this year. This And um, and I think that's going to be something where they want to go out and, and make a statement with that game. Um, every game is going to be a dogfight for them. They don't have as many players as a lot of other teams in the area. So you're going to have to go in there unmanned or undermanned every single time with our young team and I think getting a big area win early on in the year is going to be something that's big for them you know this is going to be something I don't know many people will jump up and down and and look at but I was looking okay they said and I was reading off the resume coach Gardner that the last two years he was the defense coordinator Charles Henderson so I was looking at his first year the defense average gave up 33 points per game the next year, last year, was 23. So, obviously, the coaching, the development, he can develop the players and make an improvement. Because jumping from a 10-point difference, that's a big jump from one year to the next. And that just kind of shows, you know, what what Delville's getting in a coach there, just, you know, getting better. And as you said, even the 7-7s, getting better. 
Yeah, I think that's been the uh, one of the bigger emphasis is just like I said, just getting better every single day, and the attention that they show to the defense. I think you'll see that come out this year more so than just about anything else is the improvement in the defense. Which last year it was painful at times. I think even the players would tell you it was painful at times. So I think that's one thing we're really going to see is an improvement in defense. So, you know, as we kind of close things up here, Josh, uh, any, anything I didn't ask or talk about or anything going on with high school football uh, in the area that you guys cover over at Southeast Sun, uh, anything else stick out to you or maybe something I didn't ask that, uh, you know, is kind of on your mind? Uh, well, I think going back to Enterprise, one of the things that is really interesting is I think it's they start with six straight home games. And we really don't see that a lot, really, ever. And um, I think there's a lot of excitement, too, those guys getting started with the, the turf over there, which I don't know if anybody, you've seen it. It's, it's beautiful. It's hot, and it was hot at the OTA the other day, but it's a beautiful turf. I, honestly, I'm just getting ready. I'm just ready to get started and get back out there every Friday night and watching games, man. It's, it's the best time of the year. Yeah, just looking again at the enterprise schedule, seven to ten games are at home. So I mean, it's that's a that's a very good schedule. <laughs> if you can play seventy percent of your games at home, uh, where you have a good crowd, and I've been at games there at enterprise, they have a good home crowd there. So that's going to be big. And like you said, start six in a row at home. I mean, you don't see that. I mean, I go over it real quickly. Uh, we kind of did a little bit earlier. You know, Bay Panama City, Carver Montgomery, and you jump in a region play with Dothan, then Davidson. Another region game of Central Phoenix City, which is big having that game at home. You went their place last year. And then, of course, Fort Walton beat. So you go through those. I mean, I I see you go five and one. I mean, obviously, they want to go six and no, oh, but you go five and one, four and two, or, you know, and then you, you're pretty much set up for the last games. I mean, on the road at Prattville, at Smith Station, Jeff Davis at Auburn. I mean, I just see you do really well this first six at home that you're looking at a playoff team. Yeah, without question. I mean, you really couldn't ask for a better schedule in that terms of um, having all those home games. Um, I think another thing is getting them battle tested for the playoffs. Is there enterprise hasn't shot away about getting teams from out of the state going to Florida, going to Georgia? You know, they tried to have a Georgia team last year. And of course, COVID put a stop to that. Though they did go to Early County for spring, um, but yeah, having the home the six game home stretch to start the year. That's big because you're gonna have a rowdy Wildcat Stadium ready to get back, and you know hopefully we won't have too many restrictions this year, um, hampering things like crowd size and things like that. I think I think it's gonna be really cool to start the year like that. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I can't I can't wait. August twentieth, get here. Let's hurry up. Let's hurry, get here August twentieth so we get these games going and have another great football season. And Josh, uh, I always appreciate you coming on the show. Of course, you know I'm sure we will talk a few times throughout the season here and uh, exchanging your texts and stuff like that about the season and the other stuff as well. But if the listeners wanted to follow you online, where can they find you and check out all your work you do over at the Southeast Sun? You can find me at, on Twitter at. Josh Batwell Sun. Uh, we are on Facebook, Southeast Sun, Twitter, Southeast Sun, www.southeastsun.com. The football preview will be out in a few weeks, so look out for that. And hey, I'm, it's a pleasure to be here anytime you want me. All right. Good deal, Josh. I always appreciate the time and I look forward to talking again sometime down the road. I appreciate it. Anytime. 
All right, and that's going to do it for this edition of the Wiregrass High School Football Report. Thanks again to Josh Boutwell for being on the show. We'll hear from Josh several times during the year, uh, so look forward to that. All the great coverage over at Southeast Sun when it comes to Enterprise, New Brockton, Delville, all the teams over there that they cover over at Southeast Sun. They do a fantastic job. Uh, remember, you can find a podcast on Apple Podcasts or on the 95.5 WTVY, 96.9 The Legend, and WKMX, the website, and apps you can check the podcast out over there if you're on apple Podcasts, please follow rate and review if you leave a review i will read it on a future edition of the show you can follow me on social media at p jordan sec if you ever want to email me you can get me there at, uh just sports talk phil jordan at gmail.com be back next week like i said we're back to being weekly uh you can expect to see uh some coaches on here as well some coach interviews as we get ready in march award the 2021 high school football season here in the Wiregrass. Till next time. Bye-bye.